Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless, empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. One moment, there was nothing. No physical matter. No four forces of the universe. Nothing but the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and those beings that they had created an anticipation of this momentous moment. And then, bang. And every atom and subatomic particle that have ever existed or ever will exist exploded into being. Existence began. All the rules of the universe came into being at precisely the same moment that the universe itself came into being. Bang. Loosed into nothingness. What happens to this matter? Well, the scripture says it, it's darkness, storms, as many versions say, chaos. And then, it's a very important and then. Over this stormy chaos in the universe hovers the Spirit of God and he moves. And into the chaos came deity. Remember that phrase. Into the chaos came the deity. We live in a time where we can see millions and millions of light years away from us into the universe. And it's startling and it's overwhelming. If you don't know or don't remember from high school, light moves at about 186,000 miles per second. And the amount or the, the uh, distance light can go in a year at that speed is beyond our, our brain's ability to really grasp. But we call that one light year. And right now we are looking two and 300 million light years into the universe. And what do we see? We see some things that look like order, but we also see a lot of chaos, a lot of churning, a lot of still becoming, and some things that are ceasing to be. The Webb telescope and before that the Hubble telescope have sent us thousands and thousands of jaw-dropping pictures of this massive universe in which we live. And yet, We've only seen about 5% of it, and 5% of it is all we shall ever see. Why? Will we quit looking? Well, no. It's because we know that the other 95% of the universe, which is there, which has effect on everything, is unseeable. It is dark matter. It is dark energy. 
Dark matter makes up about 27% of the universe, and its existence is not doubted by any serious scientist. But we've never seen it. We will never see it. It is unseeable. But we know it's there because of its effect on the 5% we can see. And then there's dark energy. It makes up roughly 68% of the universe, and it is very steady, very predictable. We know what effect it's going to have on dark matter, but also on the matter we see. But we have never seen it, and we never will. Never directly. We just see its actions, and we've learned what they mean, and we're still learning. Think about this. But first, let's just address the, the, the word dark. In English, the word dark can mean something negative, but that's not what it means here. It means dark because they are hidden to us, but their presence is made known in every single action of every known particle, every subatomic particle. They are a mystery. They are understood to some degree. We know enough about them to count on them, and we rely upon them for... Everything from engineering to space travel to cooking to catching a baseball. We live and experience our entire lives inside of a vast mystery. And most of us never give a second thought to it. But I think tonight of all nights is the time to think about this. I want you to embrace mystery. Why tonight? Well, let me tell you a little story first. And it's not the story you were expecting. That story will come later. But this will sound a little science-y, but it's science that tells an amazing story about you and about your place in this vast mystery. Listen a while and embrace the mystery. You may as well. You are part of it. Physicists are smart people, and they've worked very hard to learn the traffic laws of the universe, which is what physics is and does. And while so much of our universe is hidden from us, we do know a few things. We know that neither matter nor energy can be created or destroyed, but that, do you understand what that means? It means that all of the atoms that make up the entire universe have been there, since the moment God spoke the universe into existence. The moment we went from nothing physical to all of the physical that there will ever be. Nothing energy to all of the energy there will ever be. And matter is always moving, transmigrating. It's a good thing we can't see it or we would go insane because these trillions and quintillions of atoms are flying across through us and assembling in a very strange way. You see, everything you can see and everything you cannot is made up of atoms. We'll leave the subatomic particles aside for now. We're, this is complicated enough. And all the atoms that ever were, and all the atoms that are making up you, and that are making up everything that you have ever known and seen, have been here since the beginning, making other things. Many millions of these atoms once then came together and made you. And that's a mystery. There's a very 
important fact here that I want you to understand. There is behind all of the seeming chaos an organizing principle. Let's just call it that. An organizing principle, a rule of the universe that we cannot even guess at. Where the atoms will move from being a fence, a drop of water, a, a cloud, a leopard, and then become part of your elbow, part of your knee, part of your brain. The building blocks have always been here. We don't have any idea how they do this or why they do this. Believers will shrug and say, God, and I'm sure they're right, but we have to keep looking at how does he do this? Why does he do it? These mindless particles, not, not a single atom has a brain, a will, and atoms have never had a thought. They can't form alliances with other atoms. They're not alive. Remember that. Atoms are not alive. Life comes from somewhere we don't understand because it, we can't find it in energy. We can't find it in atoms. We can't find it in the four forces of the universe. These atoms, some, for some reason, leave the work they were doing, being dogs and dirt and oceans, and they become you. And for about 650,000 hours, these atoms will do all they can to keep you alive, even though not a single one of them is alive or even aware that you exist. For reasons then that we cannot grasp, after they're done, they just quit and they move on and they make other things and become parts of other people or they go off in the universe and become part of a star. You see, it even gets stranger. We, with all that we see, the solidity around us, perhaps it is unnerving to realize how fragile and how diaphanous we are. That means like a thin lace curtain or maybe a small bit of mist in the middle of the night. You see, we are mainly space. The distance between the nucleus of every atom and its first subshell with its, uh, its first electron and then others it, it, is just vast. How vast? Here's part of the mystery. You can take all of the matter that make up the seven billion people on our planet, all of it, and put it in one sugar cube. If you take out all the space, all of humanity would fit in one sugar cube. But think of what happened when God spoke and it blew and then it was organized as the Spirit of God hovered over it. What a mystery. And you, you should not feel like you're not that much if you're mainly space because your DNA is a miracle. The DNA in a single one of your cells would stretch out to just a bit over six feet or two meters. And if you got it out of all of your cells, one human being's DNA, it would go around the edge of our solar system twice. That's how intricate, unique, and well-designed you are. And you are part of this story. Because for some reason, 
congratulations are in order. Every single one of your ancestors survived long enough to make the next generation, and they survived long enough to make the generation all the way from the beginning to you. And the atoms assembled and brought you into this story, into this mystery. No wonder the scripture hallows life and Jesus talks about life as precious, even though it is, as his brother put it, like a vapor. It is precious. But you're, you're a survivor. Your ancestors in a world full of sickness, disease, war, and accident, they survived. You won. But now what? Here we are in this vast, empty sea, a universe made up almost entirely of just space. Something's going on or you wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. Something is organizing something or our people would not have survived all of that and made it to Christmas Eve of 2022. And then we get another story. Now when I say story, that may seem like I'm saying just a tale told by the campfire, but no, stories are incredibly powerful things. I'm fond of saying they, they're the uh, second most powerful force in the universe. You can guess at what the most powerful force is. But you see, we are the stories that we tell ourselves. Something has happened. So we tell the story. And the stories we are told and the stories that we inherit from our ancestors and the stories that we tell ourselves put meaning on these atoms that have assembled in this amazing universe in which we live. They brought us a story of what happened when the Spirit of God hovered over the first chaos at the moment of creation. What happened as soon as the, as soon as the Spirit arrived? Order, light, and life. All of these gifts given us when the deity entered the creation that it had just spoken into being. All of these gifts given to us and we are here literally woven together out of used parts in a universe that is itself a mystery. We are part of the mystery. You are part of the mystery. And we live in a mystery. Now I'm speaking tonight to some of you who are gathered with a great number of your family and you're trying to keep the kids still and you're trying to make sure that granda is able to hear what the television's saying. But I'm also speaking to a lot of you that are walking around the block with earbuds and on your own and there are no lights in your house. Perhaps you live in a nation where that would cause you problems or perhaps you live here but you live alone and you sometimes feel forgotten and you need to know something. The family that is gathered and the one that is walking alone and the one who's in a dark house wondering if they matter are all part of the same mystery and story. All of creation from the moment until now has been working to bring you here. And you don't have to know why. 
You don't have to know what your purpose is. You don't have to understand your part. You just have to live. You just have to love and serve as you can. And if you're sick and unable to move about, you just need to love being served as much as you are. You're here in a mystery. And so God gave us another story to help us in this mystery. In fact, he had always planned to bring this other story into your story. It was the reason that we got a universe in the first place. The world is an amazing place. But we have to admit something about the story we've seen so far. You don't have to look too far behind the, the beauty of sunsets and children's laughter to find that there's something not right. There is something broken. And we've tried to fix it. We've tried to fix it with empires and wars, laws. We, we've tried art, music, poetry. We've even tried our sheer, sheer will. But the universe remains broken. We need outside help. We need inside help. Over the chaos of the world, the Spirit came again. And the Spirit hovered over an insignificant little crossroad, bread town, Bethlehem. And hovered over a young girl, early teens most likely, and moved the atoms around to bring light, order, and life. This world would have never known her name. Why would it? This world would never have assigned her any value at all. Why would it? But when the Spirit hovered over her, just like when the Spirit hovers over us, as he does, it changes everything. God entered the story he was telling. And he entered in a new way there in Bethlehem of Judea, just over 2,000 years ago. Now, he had entered the story before. He, he had sent prophets and priests and kings and poets. He had sent angels and the angel of the Lord. Yeah, they'd, they'd been there. And, and these human tellers of the story each tried to tell us a different part of the story, maybe how to care for the poor with Amos, or how to remain pure with Ezra, or, or maybe how in the chaos of all things we find God like Ezekiel. But this time it's going to be different. This time God was going to tell his own story personally. But to do that, he had to enter the story. He had to become us. Adams were called from whatever they were and wherever they were. And they formed an endlessly complex set of molecules that we call DNA once again. Cells, zygotes, a baby. God allowed himself to be made out of atoms just like us. And to make the journey that every single human being has had to make from a woman through a woman to the earth 
For only women can usher a new soul into this planet, into being. And he took that trip because we'd made that trip. It's a short journey, it seems, and, it's, and when it comes to distance, but it is a holy journey, a dangerous journey, and a very, very mysterious journey. So he entered our story, and then he brought us into his story. Questions? Of course we have questions. Why is the universe so big? What's going on out there in the pillars of creation or the crab nebula or the horsehead nebula? Why do we see constantly exploding stars and debris and black holes sucking them up and shooting out new stars somewhere else? How, why are we seeing all of this? Well, who are we in all of this? God supplied some of the answers. He gives us our identity in him. He says, you are my children because I made you, but also because I made myself out of the things that make you. And I walked with you. I was you. I know you. And I want you to know me. He gives us our identity in him, our existence in him. He gives us meaning by that identity and he gives us responsibility in his laws to love and to serve others as did he when he was here. He gives us meaning in adopting us and giving us a home with him now and forever. For to him, now is forever and, to, and forever is now. You see, although he joined the story, he is not bound by the limitations of these atoms. And he knows how the story ends. And he tells us we're really going to like this. When I read the Bible, I have questions. And he answers maybe 5% of the questions I want answered. But that seems to make sense. Because as the author of this story, the designer of this mystery... He put us in a universe where we cannot see 95% of it, but we know it's there. Because what we can see is being acted upon by forces unseen in a way that leaves no question. Those forces are there. I see God moving. I see God changing people. I see God in small interchanges between human beings, the kindness of a returned cart, an open door, a note handwritten, a quick email saying thank you. I see interchanges. I see people opening their wallets and seeing a five or a 20 or a three or three dollars there and deciding God can do more with this than I can and then handing it over to churches like us or to a local charity and seeing that yes indeed the unseen enters in and God takes that small gift and makes 95% more than we could have ever imagined and more than we'll ever really see because every action starts a river, another motion, another stream of atoms and particles that will continue until God says enough. We can't answer many questions about God but that 5% is enough to thank him for allowing us to be a part of the story and to thank him that on a Christmas Eve, 
the Spirit of God hovered over Mary and God made a trip, the same trip we made and arrived on the planet just like us. We look at all of this and it just makes us shake our head but he didn't leave us without the evidence of what we can see. For as the writer of Hebrews says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. This is not blind faith. This is reasonable faith. This is eyes wide open faith. And faith with a smile. So let's come back to you. On Christmas Eve, we don't normally spend this much time talking about you, but I really want to because God spends a lot of thought and a lot of time on you. Congratulations. You're alive. I want you to think about that. Every near miss, missed. Every illness that tried to knock you down and kill you has failed. Every cut you've ever received failed to kill you. You're still here. It could be that you're in bed and sick and in pain, but you've got to admit something. It's pretty impressive that the universe has to this moment failed to kill you because it's really good at killing things. But you're here. You are a survivor. You are a part of the mystery. You are a part of the plan because Jesus Christ was born and entered your story. And the Spirit of God hovered over you. And he changed everything. The vast majority of kings, emperors, dictators, and despots that have ever lived are now dead. And their family names are also dead and gone. And they have no children. They have no descendants to speak for or of them. And those who claim to stand out there and be more powerful than God are in the dust and most of them have no children to carry on their name but you are here and he is why he doesn't have to explain that to you he doesn't have to explain your existence to you he is with you and that is enough as I get older and I see my children grow and my grandchildren grow when I go to visit them, I very often do not feel like I need to be moving around or saying anything. I just being in their story quietly is a gift. And I realize now why God's not always shouting at us. He's just being in our story and whispering from time to time, you're not alone. Remember Christmas. Remember Bethlehem, bread town. Literally, the house of bread. That's all that town's name was. Remember that story. Remember the little journey that really represented a journey from deity to humanity. An impossible gulf. And he bridged it because he wanted to be with you. Let's close our meditation tonight with the prayer of that young girl in Bethlehem who understood the mystery and enter the story, the story in which you live, is a story that she also entered. You are in Mary's story, and she is in yours. You are in Jesus' story, 
and he is in you because all of those atoms are still the same. And the universe has worked hard to get you here. And so has God. The young girl said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He scattered those that are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but he's lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel Remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he said to our fathers. He will remember you. He will not forget you. Because he brought you here. It was part of the plan. And now that you're here, don't worry about the, what the plan means for you. Don't worry about what your next move should be. Embrace the mystery and thank Almighty God for Christmas Eve when the story began to make sense at last because the one who told the story entered the story and then welcomed all of us into his story. Let's pray. Father, we can say only this. Thank you. We'll never be able to get a grasp on all of this, but what you've shown us is enough for us to say, hallelujah, what a God. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a gift the Spirit of God truly is. Thank you for hovering over all of us. Thank you for the story of Christmas night. Thank you that it begins anew on Christmas Day. Be with us, Father. Fill the empty spaces in our bodies with your spirit. Give us the strength to carry the story one more day. In the name of Jesus, we all say, amen. May grace and peace be yours in abundance. And Merry Christmas.